Legend, if you will. 1977 has passed. You've gone and seen the greatest movie to ever happen to cinema. And here we go again. Ready for another romp of just good-hearted, light fun, and laser swords, and mysticism, and oh my god, it got dark real fast. The heroes are losing. Oh god, no, th- this didn't turn out well for pretty much anyone. Welcome <laughs> to Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> uh, after the hype, uh, with me as always is Chewy Darso. Hi. And Jonathan Arcee. Oh yeah, it goes pretty dark. It really does, real quick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the saddest part is when Vader, for the first time in his life, experiences a, leave me alone, Dad. I think it's when he goes, ow, my hand. You had to shoot me in the palm. Dick. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Clean your room, son. No, peace. be the worst dad (laughs) okay so hopefully you all enjoyed our episode last week on a new hope i know it was a ton of fun to record again big thanks to emily for coming back on um this episode this week will be kind of the same we're gonna dive probably talk a little bit more about the movie just because it is fucking empire it's like the number one answer to most geeks what's your favorite movie of all time empire strikes back there's a reason it is that good and so we we'll have to talk a little bit about it, but it's going to be kind of like last week. It's more about our feelings on the movie because it's been covered to death. If you want to hear how Empire happened, there's a billion podcasts, yeah. a trillion books, and God knows how many TV specials. Q&As. And there, it's out there. So I, I Lectures. Like, there's probably a TED Talk or two. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, there's college courses. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's out there, like, and, and they all know it better than we do, and they can cover it better than it we do. It all can. happened a so. long time ago in a galaxy university, ah, far, far away, or rather close <laughs> if it's USC. Yeah, depends, on. <laughs> <laughs> depends on where you're at. Uh, boy. So again, we'll kind of treat it the same way we did last uh, last week, and probably throughout most of these movies of just kind of how we feel about it and how we came about and that sort of stuff. And uh, we'll get started uh, rather quick, actually, because this week I think I'm just going to skip where have you been doing. Is that cool with everybody? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would just talk about me making you watch Grimm. I mean, I would just be talking about going to see Terminator Dark Fate and then not seeing it because the fucking fire alarm was going off. It was not part of your fate to see that movie that night. I was so fucking mad. Oh, boy. Fuck Burbank AMC 16. I've said it publicly. I fucking hate that theater. Never had a good experience. I saw the first, like, four words of your Facebook post. I was like, I bet his theater experience sucked. Yep. And sure enough, it was right. <laughs> Didn't even get in the front door. Boo! Still oh, not man. as good as the one time I tried to go to Goodwill, and then they said, you can't come in, someone donated a grenade. <laughs> and they what? had to wait for the freaking bomb squad to come to make sure it wasn't a real grenade. <laughs> well, I don't need it anymore. <laughs> I bet News- somebody wants this. News yeah, I bet much. someone could make use of it. It was... Not active. Well, that's good. <laughs> but they had to call 25 cents. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Um, I was so confused. I'm just standing outside the door going, should I stay? Like, Should I feel, stay or should I go now? I feel like there's a story. <laughs> uh, I did not have that response at AMC. I just stood there, stared the employee dead in the eye, looked at my phone, returned my ticket, and walked home. Because uh, that's uh. the only, that's the proper response. But anyhow, Empire. Uh, last week I did a new hope. Uh, Chewy next week will be doing Return of the Jedi because that's her favorite of the OT. So John, you're up this week. Can you do the fastest of fast recaps of what happens in Empire? All right, the uh, rebels are getting their ass handed to them. The Empire's chasing them. They find them at Hoth and dis- and proceed to slap them 
four ways to Sunday. And Han and Leia make their escape to try and find uh, Lando, whoever he is. And Luke goes off to get training from Yoda. And into Dagobah, yeah. He crashes and meets a little green guy and is by himself for a while with with, uh, creatures in the woods. And Han and Leia get betrayed by Lando and get captured by Darth Vader. And Han gets frozen in carbonite and Luke comes back. Falls for the trap, gets his hand cut off, and learns that Darth Vader is his dad. And, yeah, they go back to the rebel medical fleet with their uh, tails between their legs. And plans for the next sequel. Yeah, they they get smacked pretty good. Uh, For those of you who are uh, unaware, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like This is kind of where I want to start with the movie. Is we grew up obviously Chewy. If you listened last week, didn't see these till they're in the theaters for the re-release. Uh, we saw them as kids, but we always saw them as a trilogy. Like they, we never had to wait for Jedi. And for a lot of people, this was a hell of a cliffhanger. Oh my no god! No one knows what happened yeah. to Han. Yoda dropped that huge nugget of news of there is another, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? With when's the next one come out? Not soon great four three years three three years three years that's a long time to going i bet it's leia who's the other i think it's chewbacca i I don't know who the prevailing theory was at the time i'm guessing it was leia (laughs) there was no internet so there's nobody to just like geek over the whole time but there was like we i've seen the tv special where they had like the producer of the movie come out he's like oh the next picture is gonna be the best picture we're gonna answer all of your questions we will answer who is the other i know you all want to know that will be answered so like it was a big deal and we just, as the generation that came out, like, or that were born, like, three years after the last one came out, or, like, the same year the last one came out, we missed it. So it's kind of interesting not being a part of that fanfare and then just knowing for a fact, like, I'm just going to keep watching. Oh, yeah, Leia is the other. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Yeah, and more often Wait. than not, like, we, we don't have a situation in which we're like, oh, shit, we won't find out what happens for a long time. That just doesn't exist in this age anymore because everything's so fast. Yeah. I mean, even if there are cliffhangers, usually the movie is being shot at the same time as the one you're watching. You're going to get it in six months to a year. So, like, those cliffhangers don't really happen. And then a lot of times they've just given up on them. Like, there's no cliffhanger at the end of Last Jedi. It's just kind of like, the cliffhanger is, will they survive? Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah. And then, then, like, a lot of these companies have their, like, here's our slate of movies. And you're like, wait, uh, Spider-Man was dusted, but you have a (laughs) Spider-Man movie coming out. Uh, what's going on? Like, Uh, you have those situations. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, probably. So, (laughs) we just don't have cliffhangers where we're in the dark for a long stretch of time. Yeah, and, like, I, there's a part of me that wishes I could go back and, like, see this in theaters with everybody. Because I I think, by the time I saw it when I was a kid, I'm sure we'd heard the jokes. Like, Luke, I am your father. Which, yes, we know. That's not the right line. But that's what we all say. Uh... So we knew it. Like it wasn't a shock. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is this is the blow by blow. This is what happens. So it's kind of an interesting take. I still love the movie. Like everyone still does. John even made the joke uh, before we started recording. It is the best Star Wars film. So there is something to be said about that. Like without having that air of like mystery and intrigue and that weight, the movie still works damn near flawless, and that is just beyond impressive. Yeah, no, it's the one I'm the most excited to watch when I come back and watch these over again. And it's like, okay, get through Star Wars A New Hope. That I, I like that one. That one was really fun. But I'm really here for The Empire Strikes Back. Like, that's the one I'm pinpointing in any of these rewatches. 
It's interesting because Chu and I were talking about a little bit as we were watching it uh, tonight because we had to watch the back half tonight because last night Terminator happened. Um, I'm not bitter about it at all. It's fine. Um, but we were talking about it. And it's like I, I know her favorite movie is Jedi. We'll get into that more next week. But there is something like no matter how cohesive and wonderful movie, wonderful of a movie I think this is, I think the highs could be higher in the two movies surrounding it. But as far as like just a cohesive one movie, this is the best one. But like, there's no, there's huge moments in it. Don't get me wrong, but there's no moments in it like uh, Chewie will explain it better next week. But there's a moment at the end of Jedi that is more emotional and more impactful than anything in this movie. And there's moments in A New Hope that are stronger. But Bleh. as a one-off, I think this is the strongest film. Well, I think everything works the best. I mean, it's the tightest film. Yeah, but it's it had the freedom. The other ones didn't have. The first movie's establishing everything, mm-hmm. introducing everybody. And the last movie's being like, all right, cool. This is the arc. This is the end. This is, we're going to finish it now. Yeah. Like, well, so Empire has the joy of being like, cool, I'm the meat. I can go many directions. I don't have to be cute or nice or whatever. That's yeah, right. I mean, its only job is to divert from the first one and throw things off to bring an element of chaos and suspense. Whereas the last one has just the responsibility of just bringing it all together. It has the not so fun job of tying it all together. Whereas it's a fun job. Oh, it's definitely a fun job. Relatively speaking. I mean, it's the hero's journey. And then in the middle of a hero's journey, the hero has to get shot a couple times. Well, and the, the thing that I, I love the most about say this one compared to say a new hope is a new hope we mentioned last week. It kind of feels like a very full of just archetypes of the characters we've seen before, stories we've seen before, but just told with this sci-fi uh, coat of paint that just made it that much better. And this is this is for me where Star Wars really just fully comes alive into everything we know and love that is Star Wars because it leaves a lot of those archetypes behind and just starts being its own thing. Um, not entirely like that's not yeah the, the archetypes are still there they're still there but like she's still a princess but she's no longer the princess in a castle now she's a she's a working general in an army yeah. like she like the roles start shifting a little bit the the handsome rogue is no longer just the best friend now he's just a guy with like now they all have like their jobs and they're starting to slide into their actual roles and this is what we start to know and think about when we think of star wars and i think that's why people attach to empire so much over say a new hope because this is when that Star Wars, when we think about it, really comes to life. And it really works to like recontextualize all the characters' relationships. Like the triumphant ending where they're all together at the end of A New Hope. Suddenly, now they're splintered. Luke is by himself for most of the movie. Han and Leia are trying, like, they're in a different relationship setup. It's them and the droids. Like, it jumbles it around in such an interesting way. You keep saying by himself. He is with Yoda the whole time. He's with R2 the whole R2 time. R2 and Yoda. Like, he's definitely not by himself. R2 really becomes a full-fledged character in this movie. And then Yoda is one of the most famous characters in sci-fi history. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting tripped up by the... Like, as I'm reading behind the scenes for it, where Mark Hamill was by himself on a set with puppets, and it was hard to hear. Well, and he Baker felt was like, there? Woohoo! At least they existed. You're not just on a green screen. Yeah, he's not yeah, like yeah. Ian McKellen just sobbing, going, "I should have said no to being in the Hobbit." What the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> <laughs> but 
But no, like that's like Kenny Baker is still in the suit the whole time. Yeah. Everybody forgets about poor little Kenny Baker. Well, because he's our two. You yeah. don't get to see his face. That's true. Suffers he really disappears in the role. Darth Vader. <laughs> oh, God. We have another nugget of joy in the Darth Vader front we looked up for next week. Whew, that poor guy. Still alive. <laughs> oh, man. Still alive. I'm guessing rather better. Uh, rightfully so. Um, but I kind of want to talk a little bit about the, the whole Dagobah stuff. Because... Uh, for some reason, when they released these movies in that VHS box set that most of us bought, the black one that came out and had like the 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 faces, I had like Darth Vader on A New Hope, had a sky uh, had a stormtrooper on Empire, and had Yoda on Return of the Jedi. Right. It really imprinted in a lot of say my friends uh, my friends' heads like, oh, Jedi's the one with all the Yoda stuff. It's like, why would you put Yoda on the box of the third one and not the second one? Because the main yeah, that's a, heart of this movie is with Yoda on Dagobah. That is a weird distinction that they put on the box. Because he died in Jedi, so it's like an epitaph. I guess. I don't know. It's a weird choice. Like, Or you're going from meh to ooh to <laughs> you're the best. Sure. If Meh is a stormtrooper, ooh, it's Darth Vader. But Darth Vader's a You're the hope. best. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, I thought you said it was a stormtrooper. Yeah. Stormtrooper is... Jedi. Jedi. All right. Yeah, Empire. and it's weird to make the stormtrooper for Empire Strikes Back, because it was like, a stormtrooper? Yeah, at least put Boba like, Fett. Boba Fett. Yeah. Has a... Jet. <laughs> What's the line? Boba Fett has a slave one. What's the no? It, I honestly don't remember the the rap song. I don't know. There's so many Star Wars raps, and there's one. Oh, in particular my Boba's just... got fets or oh, something yeah. like that. I don't remember exactly. Or, my backpack's. A oh, jet. backpack's got jets. I'm Boba my the Fett. Got jet, yeah. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Took me a minute. <laughs> I just always keep thinking of the I'm your father. I'm your father. I'm your father. I'm your father. There's so much music. Luke, use a force and run. Run to Dagobah. I think run the, to the time when I went, okay, I'm, this is a little too much for me, was when they did a Star Wars version of the Godier song. <laughs> the Someone I Used to Know? Yeah, one? Someone I Used to Know. They oh, did geez. it where Han was singing. I'm like, oh, this is too much. Can it ever be too much? Yes, it can be too much. <laughs> well, especially because the two best Star Wars parody songs have already been written. They've been written by Weird Al, and they're perfect. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so Empire. I. How do you guys feel about that? Because like, there, there is something to be said about how the movie really has, not pacing issues, because the pacing is great, but it seems to be sprinting and walking kind of at the same time. Like the, the Han and Leia stuff is just a full-blown sprint from Hoth all the way to the end of the movie. And Luke's right there with him until he's not. And he really just slams on the brakes with Yoda. And then you just get nothing but force, lore, and training, and stuff that you can really sink your teeth into. But it really does play at odds with the rest of the film. It's your breathing moment. I mean, that's well, I will explain them, I guess. Sure. I mean, you can't have them both on the same level, running away from different things in different places, because then you're like Transformers. And then I just tune out. Last Jedi did that. 
That's part of the weaker parts of Last Jedi. <laughs> the stupid, right. I'm not Tauntauns on the gambling planet. See, that You lift that out of the movie and it's it affects movie. nothing. It's a much better movie. And it does affect a lot of things. It makes it a better movie. It makes it a better movie. <laughs> I love Rose. I don't like her monologue about class systems. No. Still, why are there no fucking huts in that goddamn casino? Or any other like Twi'lex or anything. Like, there's so many... Whatever. Let's grumble, not, grumble. Let's grumble, not grumble. go down... We are, we are getting distracted. <laughs> uh, <but> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Empire Strikes Back. Because you need, you need to have, like... It's one of the reasons that this movie works so well is because you have the different level of emotions. You have the sense of danger and excitement with the running away from the empire and then you have the allure and mysticism of the force with yoda yeah you're touching on different things that get people excited war and spirituality (laughs) but here's where this is where i'm just trying to be that guy right now so i apologize up front but i will be kind of digging at the movie a little bit i know the movie's flawless but allow me just a little bit so because of that slamming on the brakes and having that moment of lore and fantasy and learning about the Force and spending the time with Luke, and you're really going slower, but when you're with Han and Leia, you are bam, 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 bam. You're on Hoth, you're in a worm belly, you're on your way to Cloud City, you're being kidnapped by Darth Vader, you're being frozen, and you're running away. Seems like it happens in a few days. Maybe? Like, yeah. that's stretching it as long as I logistically can. Yeah, you can't think about the time frame. Exactly. The time gets really wonky. Because like, then what? I have to think about the diapers that Luke has to wear in the X-Wing. <laughs> yeah, that's the one that gets me. Yeah, but seriously, like, so <laughs> how long did Luke train with Yoda? Did he just show up, go for one jog in the woods, fight himself as a ghost, and then fuck off? Because that, in that case, then Yoda's really right of, like, yeah, you shouldn't leave. Like, what the... F- that was a waste of an afternoon. <laughs> well, that's that's as I've watched this multiple times over the years, I've gone back and forth on that because in the early days when I've watched it, it's like, oh, he's been there for a long time. Like he's trained enough. You, I kind of felt like Luke is like, I, you, he's got enough. What else can you do? Go. You know, you spent years here, but now I'm just like, man, Luke, you have not trained enough. Stay. Just it's a trap. Learn. Get better. Like. I've I've gone so far the other way. It's like take that time. These like Han and Leia are doing their breakneck pace. They're getting captured already. They're gonna get uncaptured and captured again. Just give them some time. <laughs> <laughs> it is just kind of interesting, like because for a movie that it doesn't bother me, it doesn't bother me either when I'm watching it. But for a movie that is largely regarded as flawless or near flawless, that is a big glaring issue of like the time does not work. But it just doesn't. Just, but they just never talk about how long people are in hyperspace. No, they, they gloss over it. But even if it's in a sweat, it's in hypersp- a 1970s. I'm not even talking. Swipe. I, I swear we'll be over this in a minute. I'm not even talking about the time travel aspect of it. I'm talking about time spent on in Cloud City and on Dagobah. If it's even remotely relative, he did not spend enough time training. Well, no, we Yoda all- was right. Yeah, Yoda was right. Of but of course he's right. He's voiced by Frank Oz, and Frank Oz is always right. And he's Yoda. He's Yoda. And Miss Piggy. And thousands of other people. Frank uh, although I will say, out of all the Star Wars movies that play that get a little bit funky with that time and relativity, this one I, I end up not minding at all. Like, I, I keep... Like, it's, it's something where our discussion reminds me, like, oh, there is some time issues here. Because I just forget... Like, I just put it back. Like, it doesn't matter to me as much. 
Whereas when we get to some other movies, like especially in the newer trilogies, it's like, oh, this is that's really fast, and I dwell on that. Whereas here, it's like, oh, they are doing that because you reminded me in this episode, sort of thing. But that's the thing is it speaks to the quality of the filmmaking, the writing, the editing, all of it that we can watch it and never, ever have a problem with it until I'm on a podcast and I feel like I have to try to take some sort of a shot at the movie that like when you watch Force Awakens, you're like, why the fuck is this all happening so fast? Like you immediately notice it. You notice it most in Last Jedi because they actually give you a timetable. Oh, that's true. Yeah. With the (laughs) ships and how much fuel they have. That was one of the biggest mistakes in that movie. Yeah. By giving them an actual timetable, then you're like, well, how long was Ray with Luke? Yeah. Not long, like literally an afternoon. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's even worse. No, you're not wrong. Like, So I, I think it is definitely a lesson that I both Abrams and Johnson definitely should have learned. And I hope Abrams learned before the third one, but if you're a fan of the internet at all, you're finding out, uh-oh, Skywalker might be in a bit of trouble. Um, hoping the internet leaks are just a bunch of bullshit, because otherwise, ooh. Hey. Dude, I don't, I'm just saying, this is the one where JJ's going to surprise me. I'm all for it. Honestly, as long as it's not everything I expect, I'll be at least a little happy. Um, but Empire. So if that's kind of the, the Yoda of it all, uh, the Dagobah of it all, we got to talk a little bit about Yoda. Because Yoda is one of those characters that, if you've never even seen Star Wars, you know who Yoda is. Yoda is just, he just blew into the pop culture scene like a fucking meteor from outer space. And just crater, everyone knows who he is. And that's a very difficult thing to do. Because he has everything you want. He's old and silly, but wise and knowledgeable. And he's cute because he's short and he's got hair on his ears. He's got a cute little butt when and, he's digging in that yeah, little trunk. <laughs> and he's green. And But it's not easy being green. And he's totally... <laughs> and he's just the mentor you all wish you had. Yeah. Just, I remember when I first saw Yoda appear, and the puppet work blew me away. Because I've seen I've seen other stuff like you know Sesame Street uh, Muppets. I've seen a lot of other puppetry, and that's fine. They're good in their own way. But Yoda was so lifelike, and it's like I know he's a puppet. I know like I know enough about filmmaking. And like there's, there's it's it's a puppet. There's a guy in there, but you lose it. You lose that. You you he's real. When you're watching it in the movie. Oh yeah. He, he is a fully fledged character. And it's one of those things where it's. The puppet was so good. Frank Oz is so incredibly great as Yoda. And then on top of that. Like it's just hats off to Mark Hamill. Because if Mark Hamill. If you didn't believe Mark Hamill. And Yoda having these conversations. Talking to each other. Literally being like. A mentor-mentee relationship. The whole thing falls apart. Like Frank Oz could be giving the best puppet performance of his career. Which he might have done. Um, but it doesn't count for shit if the human part doesn't, it's like the, it's the Bob Hoskins problem with Roger Rabbit. If you don't believe Bob Hoskins and Roger Rabbit, the movie doesn't work. This is the exact same thing. You needed to believe that he was talking to Yoda, not to a puppet or to a guy on a soundstage or to a guy reading lines from a book a mile away. Like you had to buy it. And I think Mark Hamill crushes it. Well, and that's, that's why it's like, it's funny when we, when we talked about last week, a New Hope, and it was like, Tashi Station, and the whiny Luke, and just how there was all these these things of a a much fresher actor, and someone who, you know, cheesy, but here, it's, 
you can now looking back, it's like, oh, it makes sense that Mark Hamill has gone on to do so many other things and has become iconic, like the iconic Joker. Yeah. He's he's been able to transcend to such great and iconic roles. And this is here. That Empire Strikes Back for me is like that beginning of that. It's like, yeah, he acted against a puppet and it wasn't weird. You believed it. No, and like, just the range of emotion he has throughout the movie and just like whatever scene he's in, like he is great throughout. Like you buy him in the beginning in Hoth, you buy him joking around with Han, you buy him uh, at the end of the movie facing off against his dad to the death in his mind. Like it's and he nails every scene. It is just so damn impressive. Like I, I made the joke last week about Mark Hamill not being that great of an actor, like you said, and it's like no, he wasn't in A New Hope. He was serviceable in A New Hope, and he had some great moments. He became a great actor in between the two movies, though. For sure. Oh. Almost dying can do things to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you did not know, there is a whole story added to this movie to make up for Mark Hamill having broken his face in a car accident. He almost died. He almost died. Those wampa scars. Oh, those are real. Yeah, that, that's car scars. <laughs> <laughs> car scars. <laughs> we, we almost lost Luke. Yeah, they, Ver- they talked about recasting. Yeah, it would have been horrible. Yeah. Do you know who they're going to recast? I don't remember. No, I don't know. If I don't like, think if they got not. that far into uh, okay. it. But they... I mean, I'm sure there was a name out there, just whether or not it was made public. Yeah. But yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about... Uh... Color palette. Go for it. It's one of the reasons why the original trilogy is as good as it is. Each movie has its own color palette. Because A New Hope was all, like, rust, sand, white, gold, beige, and black. Freaking Empire. It's purple. It's blue. It's red. It's white. And just, like, all in that. Mm -hmm. So, like, wrapped up. There's so much purple in this movie. And that just... There's not very many movies, let alone action movies that embrace that tonality and make it work atmospherically. No. And the other things I love is like just with the way that they use the color, like especially on Leia, to portray her emotional states. And it's great for Carrie Fisher that she was a, a wonderful enough of an actress to be like, all right, I don't need to look great in every shot. Because there's plenty of times where there's just harsh shadows on her and harsh colors but they work to show you how she's feeling and how dangerous the situation is well that kind of leans into what i said earlier about her leaving the whole princess persona behind and becoming much more soldier um and that's way more apparent in this movie like they even go to like the it's one of the few times in science fiction let alone any other movie where a woman is in the middle of a circle of men and giving them instructions to go into battle. Yeah. But I, I was going to say like the, when they're in the millennium Falcon, when they're in the, uh, the worm belly and she's just going to work. She's like, we need to get out of here. And she's just in the, in the rafters trying to fix shit. And Han's the one who comes up and tries to distract her. She's in the middle of doing shit. Well, that's typical of, you know, you're going to say men, weren't you? Yes. <laughs> hey, the woman's like, oh. we have a lot of work to do. The men's like, but we could fuck. <laughs> nope. No, we got work to do, but we could... No. We're, we're in a giant worm on a big ship, 
We could fuck. <laughs> just, just saying it's an option, just as long as did you shut off 3PO? Sir, sir. Ah, fuck it. Never mind when I have sex. <laughs> so the odds of disease are 395 to 1. Oh, never tell me the odds. It's another thing that we, I haven't mentioned yet. I, I know I mentioned last week how much I just, I love him. But 3PO is so good in this 3PO movie. 3PO is such a jerk <laughs> he, in this movie. He is, just shut up, 3PO. Nobody <laughs> wants to know how likely it is that they're going to die. Anthony Daniels <laughs> is peak bitch 3PO <laughs> in Empire. And I think that's probably why I love him as much as I do. Just throughout the whole thing. Like, they're trying to run away from the TIE Fighters at the end of the movie. And R2's like, oh, I can fix it. Here, just chill. Hold on to your leg. I'll put you together in a moment. I'm going to go turn on the, uh, the hyperdrive. And he's like, you don't know how to fix the hyperdrive. Get back here and fix me. Chewbacca will fix it. Ah! <laughs> <It's just like, laughs> he's just such a bitch. I love him. He is a bitch. Oh, I and I love his, so much. That's I love his interruption Chewbacca. of the most romantic moment in the Star Wars movies. Like, I, I love that he comes in and interrupts it. Oh, yeah. Because it's just, it's peak C-3PO. And I think I remember him the most as a character, even though the droids set up the whole thing with A New Hope. Like, C-3PO really stands out here. Oh, but he always stands out, at least in the original Because you can trilogy. understand what he's saying, for yeah. one thing. <laughs> well, R2's great. Like, don't get me wrong, I great, love but everyone R2, has to but... translate anime style for what he says. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, because it would even... make this movie rated R if you heard R2 speak. Yeah, I, everyone always kind of assumes R2 just has a ferocious, like, ferociously foul mouth. You don't really know that for sure, or just is C-3PO just that easily offended? He's totally that easily offended. It's like, like R2 would like, eat dirt, and he's like, oh, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, probably, he's probably just like, yeah, eat my shorts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, if 3PO had a pearl necklace to clutch, he would never let go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So... This movie also became famous for giving us a brand new character, uh, one that we all know and love, the one, the only, Billy D. Williams, finally coming back in the next Skywalker movie. Very excited to see him. Lando, uh, uh, oh, Lando, oh, <laughs> Lando, damn. <laughs> I mean, you could fuck in a falcon, or you could fuck in some clouds. Why not? As long as he's got that cape, all right. Clouds. Yeah. I mean, that would be Lando's way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So here's the question, though. Uh, now, now, living in 2019, as we are, um, or 2020, if you're listening to this future, or 2021, if you're listening this way in the future, who knows? But in the future, where we are now, do you think that when Disney made Solo, at the end of Solo, when Han shows up, plays the game of cards, gets the Falcon, and leaves, is that the last time they see each other until Empire? Um... I, th- I think oh. so. No. I say I think, no. I think it's what Disney thinks is the case. Well, that's yeah. w- that's where I'm at. I go, think go right ahead and think that Disney. But if we're <laughs> establishing them as being actually like good friends, you didn't do that with Solo. You did not do that with Solo. Not even close. They were guys in a situation in Solo. By the end of Solo, I would totally go siding with Lando. Fuck on, like. <laughs> He didn't really do anything to help Lando out. Like Not he really. kind of ruined his he life. He did. And he ruined his ship. His ship. He <laughs> killed his robot girlfriend. Yeah, like, uh, uh, and just all that. Yeah. Sure, sure. I buy at the end that they meet again at a Sabek game and become friends after that, and sure. they go on adventures together. Yeah. But to say that line is the last time they see each other until Empire is just like, dude, no. 
I the guy would just handle Han over immediately to save his city. Oh yeah, which, which he does. Not not immediately. <laughs> he still goes through a little like he's conflicted. Thing, like, thing. He is he's conflicted. conflicted. Yeah, but no, if like if he's supposed to transition to this responsible governor of a city. No, this dude that he went on one mission once where he took his ship, he's not going to hide him at all. He's not going to do him any favors. And did the castle run for no one to see. Yeah. Sorry, I'll, I'll stop bitching about Solo at some point in my life. Um, <laughs> but it's I, not this day. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not this day. No, I actually, I agree with uh, both of you. I, I think that the it's absolutely what Disney wants us to think. And I think right. they, totally with the end of the, the end of Solo, the way that like they, they do the, you got a lot of nerve and they have the exact same sort of greeting that they have at the end of this one or at the beginning of this one. I think that's what they were going for. I think it's a horrible Fail. plan. And uh, it does not at all explain the relationship that they clearly have in this mm-hmm. movie. So if that's what you're going for, nope. Yet another because problem I, I mean, with Solo. There's a whole TV series worth of shenanigans, possibly four or five seasons worth, before they get to Empire Strikes Back, easily. I mean, I'd be totally fine with them just going on one other mission that they chose to go on. Like, just one was like, all right, I got this smuggling run. I know I can get it done if I go call fucking Lando. I know it'll work. actually become friends. Yeah, like, like if they chose to be together just once, I would buy this relationship now. But I think there's got to be one thing in between. Yeah. Because for me, after Solo, it's like when I work on a movie with some people. And while I'm on that movie, we might seem like best friends. But the moment that movie's done, hashtag that uh, job or whatever in Solo, well, every now and then we might be like, yeah, we should get lunch. Years go by. Yeah. (laughs) You'll be friends again if you end up on the same movie again. Yeah, if you end up on the same movie again. Yeah. but if I ever meet them in a survival situation, no, I don't have their back. Yeah, no. no, no, you're handing them over to the Empire for carbonite. <laughs> oh, Darth Vader is here? Fucking Darth Vader? Uh, yeah, you can take him. <laughs> Are you going to take the girl in the Wookiee, too? That's kind of unfortunate. I she just re- met them. I thought she was cute. She's, but then, uh... she's super cute, and you know it always helps to have a Wookiee around. But at the same time, I'd rather keep my yeah. city. I have an entire uh, like production company that I'm responsible <laughs> for. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sacrificing all these people i worked with for years. I'll tell you what. Yeah, sure. I'll, I'll hand them over to Disney. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you take them. I keep Lobot. I'll see you later. <laughs> Lobot is a really good he is. co-worker. Um, all that said, uh, and all that aside, I fucking love Billy Dee Williams in this movie. Like, it is just, it's like, great. it's a movie that's just, like, it's already, like, packed to the gills with just perfect awesomeness. And then Billy Dee Williams comes in, it's like, how can you steal this show? This show is so awesome. How can you be one of the best things in it? He's got a great smile. He's got a great He's smile. He's got a cape. Every line is delivered to perfection. He's just such a good fucking actor. Like, yeah. like, there's just so much to say just about that. Like, everyone else is great. Don't get me wrong. But Billy D is just perfect in this movie. He really is. And I love him in Return of the Jedi. Don't get me wrong. But there's, it's nothing compared to him in Empire. He doesn't really have that much to do in Return of the Jedi. No. He, he's mostly just there because he was in this one. Yeah. Um, whereas, like, throughout this movie, like, you buy that confliction. Like, you buy when he's like the... You said they'd be able to stay here in the clouds with me. I alter the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Like, you can see that I fucked up. Like, without even saying the line. Like, he's so good at just selling it through just uh, just mannerisms, body language, and just his face. Like, he does such a good job. It's just... It's amazing. 
Well, and it's it's so interesting watching this again, just seeing how like in, you know, A New Hope, Han Solo's cool. He's the epitome of cool. He's like that the cool roguish type. And then suddenly Han is like, Han who? He got Lando. <laughs> well, and you, you generally feel jealous for Han Solo when, you know, Lando appears. and He's like, oh, hello. And you're like, oh, shit. Well, because Han's not suave. No. No, no. And compared to everyone else in, like... If you have to put all the suave people in the world together, 1980 Billy D. Williams is the most suave. He's very suave. <laughs> like, holy fuck, he could talk me out of my pants in about three seconds. Dude. <laughs> like, if you took him from Empire and, like, the uncle in Spider-Verse, and you both had one of them go, hey, <laughs> at you... <laughs> Lando would win. Sploosh. Then, yeah. There's I'm just a whole shot head. web all over the wall right there. Hey. I, I, think, my, I think my honest to God response would just be. <laughs> Your pants would just fall off. It'd be teehee and then a pitter patter of me running away terrified. It's too strong of a hay. <laughs> too many emotions, too many emotions. He died by hay. <laughs> oh my god. So if we've talked to pretty much everybody in this movie, with the exception of the big bad, we gotta talk a little bit of Darth. Oh, but Darth in this movie is great. Because I freaking love the conflict. I mean, it's the first time you get to see... Hindsight, I guess, is with it. Where after seeing Jedi, you see Darth Vader and the cracks where he it can be redeemed. Because even because especially the moment when he's talking to the Emperor and the Emperor is like, we can't let him be a Jedi. We need to get rid of him. And he's like, well, what if we got him on our side? You know, it's yeah. the whole deflection of a powerful ally. I don't want to kill my kid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just what he's saying right there. Yep. And. So there's a hesitation. It's probably one of the few times that Darth Vader was saying essentially no to the Emperor. And for some reason, the Emperor didn't catch on to it. Well, it's one of those weird things if you go... Like, clearly this was not in the idea when they wrote the movie. But if you go into the books, into the lore, which Chewie has way more than I have. um, But I have for this one thing, because I'm obsessed with this trilogy... Of it's the Darth Bane trilogy. If you haven't read it, it's fucking amazing. You absolutely should. Written by Drew Kavijian, the guy who wrote Mass Effect. If you need any other reason to read it, just for that alone, read this fucking trilogy. It's still canon. He snuck in because just of, barely because of the Clone Wars. A little cartoon moment. But still, it's it's canon. Read it. It's awesome. But anyhow, the rule of two. If you don't know, if you're a Star Wars fan and just haven't clued into it, I'll catch you up really, really fast. There's only two Sith, only ever in the galaxy. Two. Because if there's more than two, they get too greedy and they don't know what they're doing and they feel the best way to control power as a Sith is to have a master and an apprentice. So by Vader saying if he could be turned, he'd be a powerful ally and the Emperor saying okay, the Emperor immediately is knowing either I'm dead or Vader's dead. Yeah. And that is the job of the mentor to know that (laughs) sooner or later your successor will kill you because that is the job of the mentor to kill the uh, of the mentee to kill the mentor, new, or you get a new, new apprentice. Yeah, that's just the way it works. That is the way of the Sith. And if you don't know of it, clearly that wasn't written at this point. That's fine, but it still works so well having that backstory into this scene of as soon as the Emperor says, 
Mmm, yes. No, that's not the line, but whatever. There's just so much weight in that moment, and I just love it. I, I eat it up so happily. It's so good. Well, and it's interesting watching like that, the shift invade, like the shift invader. It's interesting to see that from A New Hope to here, because you you sort of you sort of take the side of the the doofuses around the table, being like, "Oh, your ancient religions and hokiness, and oh, you choke me." Okay, so you're a little scary. And here, there's tragedy to it, and there's he's so much more an empire. Well, it really he's, a, he's more unhinged. Like he's I off said. the leash. Tarkin's gone. Well, it's not just that Tarkin's gone. It's where like there's more at stake for Vader here. That's true, but he still had to listen to Tarkin. Tarkin's not there anymore. Yeah. He's totally he is in charge now. Tarkin didn't kill every admiral who did something wrong. Vader kills you. Don't yeah. fuck up with Vader in charge. But you were asking a question about the the rule of two. Cause it, cause I know that Carvigian made that rule with them. He didn't make the rule. He explained the rule. He explained the rule, but it just doesn't quite track with uh, the Emperor, cause he had um, Dooku, Dooku, and he had I can't remember any of his freaking names Maul. now. Yeah, Dooku and Maul. And you say Dooku came after Maul. He did. But I really felt like they were kind of being groomed at the same time that's true but also and you also have the woman i forgot her name now she was in the cartoon series oh i don't remember i didn't watch a lot of the cartoons uh, well it's like a courting period you know like well you're not going to be an apprentice just yet because the spot is full so put yourself on this list and we'll talk which to be fair ventress that sounds right but darth bane does that quite often in every book he starts finding a new apprentice in case the one he has fails oh you're always ready to die as a Sith. Like seriously, read those books. So the Sith are so just good. a bunch of like, yeah, yeah, monogamy. Yeah. No, 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 no side piece. It's monogamish. 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 <laughs> da, 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 da. Monogamish. The Sith. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but beyond all of that that we're talking about, seriously, Vader in this movie, he just fucking crushes it. Like the again, how do I forget the actor's name? I never remember. Prowse, David Prowse. Thank you, David Blame, Prowse. Blame um, George on that never really can come around. I blame George for a lot of things, both good and bad. Um, but David Prowse, just his, just his body language throughout this entire thing, you see the raised stakes, you see the conflict, like you see all of it, and he just does such a good job with it. And David Prowse, really, as we're going through these movies again and really diving into them, which I'm really enjoying, I, I'm just loving David Prowse more and more. Every time That's I watch why it. I love the like the first like leave me alone dad moment with Vader yeah. looking out the looking out to the ship and then sees the ship fly away and then he he turns down, looks back, now oh, he's really gone. Yep. Looks down again. And then he just walks away like And <laughs> he's so upset he doesn't even kill anybody. That one admiral had to be like fuck 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 i've been promoted so many times recently because this job keeps dying oh he's so upset forget it he forgot to kill me i'm, I'm putting in my two weeks yeah the yakuza got, has less of a turnaround holiday. got holidays coming up i gotta go see my kid he uh he's learning to walk <laughs> we're, we're gonna we're gonna go open oh up. oh you have a son I had a son once. <laughs> then he went into hyperspace. <laughs> I had a son once. You reminded me of that. Oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. 
All right, I think that's pretty much everything, right? We we kind of hit it all. We didn't really talk any Leia. That's that's a horrible travesty. We talked about Leia. We t- a little bit. We didn't really say much of her arc. In we time. talked about her in relation to like the in way re- the lighting and the set and the yeah, colors. Yeah, in relation to everybody. And we, her being in charge and having her own. But but we didn't talk agency. at all about her actually not giving in, but admitting to herself how she feels about Han. Like that's huge. Well, she's trying to be all career driven. Yeah, like to say. But it's the thing where like. We talked about it when we started watching the movie. I love from the f- frame one, Han's like, you like me. I like you. Why are we not doing this? I have a ship right there. Because we have a war going on, Han. <laughs> but exactly. And she's just refusing to let herself feel those emotions. And I totally get it. And she's 100% in the right. And Han's being a fucking asshole. I'm right there with her. Han's being emotional. Yeah. Han's being emotional, she's being rational. Like there, it's just not working. In that eventually, if you especially read the books, courtship of Princess Leia. Holy shit, does that really play a factor? Han is super emotional. He's super emotional. He is full blown caveman emotional. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Don't climb. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like I, I love in this movie this their relationship together, and especially because it doesn't do things that they would absolutely do nowadays. It would drive me nuts. Of like when they finally both admit to themselves or really admit to each other, this is how we feel. It just works. There's no like, oh, we shouldn't be together. Oh, this wouldn't work because of this, that, that. Well, they don't even get time to talk about it. No, but it's just, it fits. Just right out of the gate. So when they're in the Cloud City, when he goes into the room and sees her, he kisses her on the forehead. Like, they're already in it. Like, just right out of the go. Like, as soon as they let the fucking guard down, everything's fine. And I think, I don't think. Yeah, but that's awesome. I don't think the iconic line, I love you, I know, works without either of them. And especially her. I think she does such a great job and has such great chemistry with Harrison Ford. It's like she's doing all the lifting here. Oh, well, I can't say all the lifting. Like they really bring each other up. Yeah. They play yeah, yeah. It's the same thing with all three of them. Like the, those three actors put their, some of their They're best performances. Casting. Yeah, exactly. Like it's what the Harry Potter trilogy wishes they have. And I, I, or the trio wish they have. And I think they were great together. Don't get me wrong. They're great. But it's not these three. But there's just every time I every time I watch this movie, and it gets to the where they finally admit how they feel, and those moments, I like I hold my breath still, even seeing having seen this dozens upon dozens of times, you know. No, just, th- from pretty much the moment they show up in the the dining room with Vader, it, it's one of my favorite movies of all time, if not my favorite movie of all time. It just can't be Terminator Two because you know Terminator Two is Terminator Two. I'm not bitter about not seeing Dark Fate at all last <laughs> night. Um, fuck you, Burbank AMC. Uh, more so, fuck you, lack of attendance because you have to worry about leaving theaters. Yeah, I'm just so grumpy. But it's yeah. fine. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. I'm over it. Mm. Um, clearly. <laughs> Anyhow, I think that's everything, though, right? We've kind of hit it all. Most of it. Talked about how the amazing puppets were. We didn't talk about the score. It has my favorite Star Wars song in it, outside of Duel of Fates. It's from, if you remember, Shout of the Empire, the N64 game, when you're on the train, when you're going to fight IG88, and you have to jump over the bridge at the. I remember jumping every time and using the score to know when to jump because hmm. it was just such a good fucking song. Um, <laughs> and that's the other thing is this movie leads in perfectly to Shadows of the Empire, the next book video game comic. Uh, that was really good. You should go read it the book really for your game comic. Um, it was great. Um, yeah, no, I remember reading the book and I was just like, oh, wow, this is so awesome. And then you play the game, it's like, oh, wow, this is so clunky. 
<laughs> I hope games come further than this and someday. And I'm always like, I really love Prince Zizor. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Probably not. <laughs> oh, man, I've spent days trying to figure that one out as a kid. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. Xizor? Shizor? Shazire? I never know how to say words when they start with X. <laughs> Cards on the table, called him Prince Scissor my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I now prefer that. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Prince Scissor because it works. And it makes me think of the Scissor Sisters. Uh, I think that's it. We've done it. We've well, uh, I mean, back. we can give a slight mention to Boba Fett. Do we have to? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong before you blow up and shoot your that was it. stereo. Boba Fett's barely in this movie. Awesome character design. Great character design in the next one, too. Sure, he doesn't get great into the books and the comics and the video games and all that yeah. stuff. That's why it's we love it. It's a subtlety. It's a character design. It's what gets you Amazing going. Amazing character yeah. design. Although I agree with uh, Chewie on this one. Still feels like a woman. Every time he walks into the scene, I'm like, it's feels like there's a woman in there. Kind of armor. a female vibe to him. Yeah. But I know it's a dude. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. He was there. He could have been, she could have been, whatever, the first uh, uh, Metroid. Captain, situation. Yeah, it could have been Captain Phantasm before yeah. uh, Captain Phantasm. When did the Metroid well, it's, it's a, thing It does out. bring up an interesting trend that these movies did where we really, as fans, fixated on very minor characters who end up not playing too much in the main movies themselves. Like and it's a, the it's a trend that's happened since Empire. Yeah. yeah, the ice cream guy. Yeah. Or the boom operator from the first one. <laughs> we get really obsessed with the most obscure shit. <laughs> well, and it's just so interesting that this this trilogy... Like really grounded that in that habit in for even me. I, I admit to succumbing to this sort of thing. Like, oh, Boba Fett looks cool. Follow the IG88. It looks cool. Like the trans. Like all those creatures. Those these side things. This movie really brought that to the forefront more One so my- than even than the cantina scene in yeah. the first movie. One of my all-time favorite characters is Brick Frog. That wouldn't be a thing if it wasn't for Star Wars. <laughs> Brick Frog is a right. nothing character for Venture Brothers, but I love the shit out of Brick Frog. Brick Frog. <laughs> Brick Frog. Uh, <laughs> And a frog throwing a brick at us. God, that's a good show. I can't wait to get back to it in a few weeks. Um, but yeah, I think we've done it all. We've done it all? We've done it all. Done it all. Favorite quotes. Impressive. Most impressive. That's a solid one. Uh, I always kind of go back and forth on what my favorite line from this movie it's is. It's hard. It there's really so is, many lines. There's just so many fucking lines. And you have like the... the epitome lines of like some of the best lines in movie history along with some of the best shots and choreography and everything ever and then you just have like little lines that just kind of always crack me up but my favorite line i have to take from my favorite part of the movie um that's again kind of we talked about like just totally random and my favorite line is ah! and it's not even an audible line but it comes when they're uh <laughs> when they're in the asteroid field and they're getting ready to talk to Vader, and all three of the holograms were up. And right before they get to that scene, you see one of the star uh, star cruisers get hit by an asteroid, and the three of them are there. And one of the three just goes ah! and disappears. And it has always just <laughs> killed me. It's my favorite thing in the world. The line isn't even technically there, but he does say it. You can see him yell, and that's my favorite, hands down. So good. Uh, for me, it's a line that has stuck with me more and more as I've rewatch this and it's where he where yoda's talking to luke and he mentions his father was like a great warrior and yoda's just oh wars not make one great and as a kid he's like oh yeah that's 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 a funny way to deliver that line but like that is such a profound thing in this 
series of movies called Star Wars. Yeah. And how, like, not many of the movies, like, have really played on that until fairly later. Like, all the, like, we've been kind of digging it last year a little bit, but that pays off some of that. Rogue One pays off some of that. Like, it doesn't make one great. War is not great. And I, I thought it was, I've really keyed to that line these days. That's a good one. It's a very good one. Yeah. I mean, the if I had to go for my most quoted line that I actually use in real life all the time, it has to be, this deal's getting worse all the time. Uh, I, I know for that. most people, do or do not, there is no try is the most famous, but I used to love that <laughs> when I was younger. And as I got older, I'm like, okay, Yoda. Yeah, do or do not, there is no try. That's not fair. <laughs> then explain the phrase, A is for effort. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta try sometimes. You're really giving me a failure complex, and this is not helping anyone. Yeah. No, I mean, we can go for days on the actual great quotes from this movie, but I have to make a favorite. It's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just always love the way that Vader says, impressive. It's so good. Most impressive. Because he's legitimately impressed. Oh, it's the first time he has dad pride. (laughs) I'm just so proud of my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Number one fan. So proud of him. Slightly annoyed. Really wish this was over. Honey, but so proud of him. Just do what your daddy wants and get in the carbonite. Get in the carbonite tank. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it will work. You're showing some gumption, my boy. <laughs> um, I just wish Darth Vader talked like that now. Oh. You're showing gumption, my boy. <laughs> no, get in the carbonite. <laughs> oh, boy. So, for a review system for this one, I'm going to get a little heady this time, but I'm going to enjoy it. What would you freeze in carbonite as you review for the movie? So encased forever could only be melted by one thing, probably in front of Jabba the Hutt. It's the only time we ever see it frozen. A dodo. <laughs> you have to keep talking. You can't stop at a dodo. <laughs> it is one of the weirdest birds to have ever existed. And it is such a moment of like, rarity because you don't there's no like examples of it left everyone always talks about it be like yeah dead like the dodos like it's just this huge special thing and if you were the one person that had a dodo (laughs) like it would be insane i got one and it's still alive but it's just for me so i'm gonna put it in carbonate and hang it on my wall and no one else gets to have this dodo that That would be freaking special (laughs) I like and that. every scientist would be knocking on your door and be like, can I see the dodo? No. No, it's my dodo. No. No dodo, no dodo. No, no, no. like, I would look at illustrations of dodos and be like, I want to mean a dodo. You can't. can't. They're dead. They're dead. They're like one of the first things that we massively put extinct. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to go a little bit of a different direction, but I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go super star Wars nerdy on this one. And it's not entirely how I feel. I actually, we actually watched the Blu-ray version because I think the restoration is really pretty and I just kind of deal with some of the changes, but I would go back and take the first VHS copy with that poster box. Uh, just that beautiful, pristine, unaltered empire strikes back and I'd encase it just to know that it's somewhere. You know what? I don't take the VHS. I'm going back to the original print. I want to take a 35 millimeter print of this movie that ran in theaters, show it once, give it to me. I'm putting it carbonite so that I just know that it's okay. It's <laughs> no okay. one's fucked with it, and that it's just <laughs> somewhere. I don't even need to watch it. I just need to know that it's there. 
Sorry about the VHS part. That that was just wrong. Definitely go for the third or million print. <laughs> what the fuck was I thinking? No, you wanted it every four. Every four. <laughs> no, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> John, what about you? Well, I would um, find if you know if I have an enemy out there, I would find them and put them in the carbonite as just a continuing the tradition of putting my enemies in carbonite. Well, there you go. Been like, you know, Empire taught me this, and it's you know, a good tradition to pass on. So for the sake of After the Hype, Anthony Howard is going <laughs> in the carbonite. <laughs> and then while that the, be the next section. still wet, just assuming it works like cement, we can carve in <laughs> fuck Tony. <laughs> oh, man. We should we have gone with, like, who would we put in carbonite? <laughs> uh, I'm just so happy As a podcast, get, and I think we just said that, Tony right? In there. It's been a while. It's been a long time since a good fuck Tony, but you know, fuck Tony. Um, he doesn't go by Tony anymore. He goes by Anthony. That's why I had to start with Anthony Howard. Fucking Tony. <laughs> of course he would. <laughs> Sounds like typical Tony. <sighs> of course he would be Anthony now. <laughs> All right, I like it. Sorry, I'm going down the Dodo Wikipedia now. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> the last accepted sighting of a Dodo was in 1662. That was a long time ago. It was. That was well before Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> Although Empire Strikes Back was a long time ago. Oh, so yeah. who knows? Yeah. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Maybe someone actually did put the dodo in carbonite, and we just haven't found them yet. Oh, it's mm. possible. They're waiting to take over the world. It's just Jabba the Hutt. Mm, zahu, zahu, da, dodo. Uh, <laughs> All right, so is we've what, done it. That's that's gonna be the next episode, right? We're all just gonna be talking like Jabba oh, the whole time. I totally Welcome to, to after the hype. <laughs> I'm just gonna look up how to speak hut. We shall hoot after hype. Or just all three of us have to perfect a great salacious crumb laugh, just so we can get it perfect. <laughs> yeah, we have to do better than that. I can't. Oh do yeah, it. I'll, no. I'll just blow my throat out. I'll just get a. I'll, I'll get it on my phone so I can just queue it up whenever we want it. It's gonna be great. Get it on the soundboard, yeah. yeah. So plugs. Next week is Return of the Jedi. So excited to talk Return of the Jedi. Uh, great movie. Uh, I don't want to say anything else. I'm very excited to talk about it. The week after that, after the hype, episode 300. Episode 300. Uh, that makes sense in a way. Um, I'm really excited to do that as well. And then we're jumping into the prequel trilogy. Where things get a little rocky, but I think we'll be more positive on them. Do they get them. rocky or do they get coarse? And dry and everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I hate sand. Ugh. The products were everywhere. Oh, boy. There was even a lollipop, which was at, in the tongue inside of a Jar Jar head that you would push out so that your child could suck on the tongue of Jar Jar. And it was freaking weird. So three weeks for that. Uh, <laughs> uh, moving past that, in the ATH Network uh, website, ATHpod.com, we have articles every Monday. Is it Tuesday now for Matt, or is it still Friday? Yeah, we're switching over to Tuesdays. Just Tuesdays. bringing the, all the goodness of the beginning of the week for you. Perfect. Uh, then we have everything but Venture Bros still coming out every week. Venture Bros will start up again in December um, because I only have time for one podcast right now. And since we decided to do, or I decided to do this very timed event of get these seven movies out before Rise of the Skywalker, I have to do this one instead of Venture Bros. To all my bros out there, I'll be back. As soon as I can. Fuck, I had a reference Later, Terminator. Bros. Again! I'm so mad about not seeing Terminator! I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm so it's fine. only the fate we make, honey. 
<laughs> it's the fate you make along the way, right? It's okay. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. Go down the long, lonely highway. I'm over it. I'm over it. John, anything to plug? Uh, Demon Days every week. Uh, we're trucking along with that and having a great time playing some D&D 5th Edition. What? Uh, Chewy, anything to plug? Superstore, Thursday nights. We just got picked up for four more episodes, which means Woo! more money for us. <laughs> and entertainment for you. Yeah. Uh, one of my coworkers had the best response. Like, oh, I'm so happy that there's more episodes. I mean, I'm happy for your wife to get more work, but I'm definitely happier there's more episodes. Yeah. <laughs> it is a good show. Win-win. You should, That's how you, you know they care. Um, Financial security and entertainment for all. And uh, again, if I didn't hit it hard enough earlier, uh, even though it has absolutely nothing to do with our show, nothing to do with anything, be sure to check out the Darth Bane trilogy. Please read them. They're so good. You can you do yourself a huge favor. And just read other Carfesian. Yeah, I mean, there's not a Am lot I of his to read. Right? I always feel like I'm uh, eating his name, essentially. Carfesian. Carfesian. Yeah. Um, and then uh, one final absolute plug at the very last minute of this thing. Head on over to the front row. They just had episode 500. Big congratulations to the Front Row Network. Uh, we started before them, and they're 200 episodes past us. They are fucking machines over there. Literally, they are fucking their machines. Stop it. Yeah, yeah, Stop guys, it, Front like, Row. Take a, oh my God. take a nap. Well, take a nap. Cuddle for a little bit. Lube. I mean, metal is not forgiving. I mean, just give it a break, guys. They are more family friendly than us. What do you mean? We just talked about them banging machines <laughs> and running out of lube. How could they be more family friendly than that? <laughs> Joking aside. I don't believe it. Seriously, big congratulations, guys. I know I already, I'm already on your episode saying the same thing, but huge congratulations. A big accomplishment. Very proud of all you guys. Uh, looking forward to a crossover again at some point. Uh, that's everything from us here, right? Yes. Yes. Yep. Bye. Bye. Impressive. Bye.